0: Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Kevin Walsh. He's a coach, mentor, author, trainer, and speaker running a consultancy business specializing in sales for international property development. I have Fallon Scarco. She's a student at Unica University, where she's studying occupational therapy. She'll be going to grad school in the fall to study the same. And I have Dave Roberts. He's a teacher, co-author of the book, When the Psychology Professor Met the Minister and a Bereavement Support Specialist. The question I have for you today, what do you expect from people if they are empathizing with you? Fallon, kick us off.
1: I feel like the characteristics that you need to have is to be an active listener, number one. And also as an empathizer, there's a difference between that and sympathizing. So as an empathizer, you relate to that person and their issues, which is really good when it comes to them giving you advice, because it doesn't just feel like a pity party. It feels like they're actually there to support you. And like I said, it's really important for them to obviously give advice, but it's also expected that they're actively listening and kind of feeling out what you're saying And to ask questions, to uh, use your social cues, like head nodding and stuff like that, to know that they're really paying attention to you.
2: I think um, empathy is something that some people have an ability to do and some people have an inability to do. So for me, there's absolutely nothing worse than fake empathy. So if somebody was empathizing with me, I would want two things from them. I would want honesty and sincerity. Mm. So Rather than somebody saying, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And then they're texting all their friends saying, "Ah, you got it. If you're going to empathize with someone, I just think you need to be real.
1: Mm. You
2: need to be sincere and you need to look at yourself to find out whether or not you can do that. And I think that's how this conversation came up. There's absolutely nothing worse than when somebody is pretending to empathize and you know absolutely that 100% they're not empathizing with you at all. They're reveling in
3: your badness you're going through. Mm.
2: So for me, Honesty and sincerity.
3: And I, I think I can agree with everything that Fallon and Kevin have said. For me, it's what I would require from somebody to to as an empathizer would be somebody who'd be willing to really just create space for you know, my concerns, my journey, and to to indicate understanding without necessarily understanding the unique nuances of every experience. It's more validation to say that, yeah, I can I can feel your pain and to maybe suggest something that may be helpful to me from their own specific journey without necessarily saying that they understand. And one of the worst things I think to me is fake empathy is, hey, I understand how you feel. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you really truly have experienced the exact same event that I have, you really truly can't understand it, but you can indicate through active listening that, that you, you, you appreciate it. You, know, you can stay in it. You can stay in that space with me and offer me some tools that may be able, from their own experience, that may be able to help mine.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with the three of you. I would add, when somebody's empathizing with me, one thing I expect is for them to not ignore the situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by that. So last night, for the first time since his wife passed away, I texted with a, a friend, a an acquaintance of mine. And it would have been really easy to just ignore the fact that his wife had passed away because it was a text message. And the the conversation did have a point, but I felt like that just wasn't the right thing to do. And I had to figure out in a text message, how do I say, I heard the news. I feel bad for you. And so what I ended up doing is saying, I heard I have no words. I just put a little yellow heart, a friendship, I care, and then moved on. I don't know if that was the right thing, but I thought it was better than ignoring it. Even though it might be like difficult to bring up, I still think it's
1: important as an empathizer to show that you care. So even though it might be a touchy subject, I think actually just addressing it and showing your support, even though they may not want to talk about it, but just putting yourself out there, I think was the right thing to do, especially in that situation. I,
2: I don't agree with that fallon and i don't agree with you on that robin either i think think, in the circumstance you've described there where somebody's lost somebody their wife i don't think that's a i don't think that's a text message that's that's a physical call physical contact so even if you make the call and nobody answers the phone they'll see your number then you can send a message saying hey i'm trying to i've heard the news i'm trying to contact you but i just think i think in today's society we've kind of got into this careless thing where to ease my own conscience i'll send you a message and Mm. that's me i've done i've empathized with it i haven't actually done anything and i i totally agree with Dave's point where unless you fully understand it you're not going to really be of much help but i think if i just send you a a blasé message
3: like that
0: yeah i agree with you if i had initiated the text conversation mm-hmm. i hadn't he had initiated it to me about something else dave you were going to say something
3: I, I think and this is one of the things i, I talked to my students about in death dying and bereavement if you you got like bad news of somebody died I wouldn't put it on Facebook first. Or I wouldn't text the person the news. I would do the phone call first. Mm. But I, I think we could have the best of both worlds here. He initiated the news through text. You responded through text. I also think I have no words as a good response, particularly they may be better than saying something in text or in person that may be construed as insensitive. Mm-hmm. But the other thing would be I would have probably done after that is after the initial text, maybe given it a little time and then followed up with a phone call.
0: So it sounds like what I'm hearing from Kevin and Dave is that if if someone was empathizing with them, especially about something as serious as the passing of loved one, they want more physical contact than maybe Fallon or I might expect. I
1: think it just depends on the person, what the person needs. Sometimes with grieving, uh, learning in Dave's class, some people need that personal space and sometimes people just need something as simple as a text rather than meeting in person. Sometimes when you're face-to-face with that person, it can become too much and you might be emotional and you may not want people to see you like that. So something as simple as like a phone call or a text, even though you're not seeing him face-to-face and that might seem blasé to some people, that's sometimes what people
0: need. It just kind of depends on their personality and their wishes. Mm, yeah. I agree with you, Fallon. I feel like if I was in that situation and I were trying to initiate a business conversation with someone and then they called me and wanted to talk about the fact that someone close to me had passed away, I'd have been like, I am not, in the- I can't do this. Yeah. So you're right. It's very individual, it sounds like.
2: It's definitely individual. I just think sometimes uh, we're talking about a specific example here of somebody receiving incredibly bad news. I think on that basis, my personality would be I would take responsibility for physically making that contact. Mm. So maybe a text would be the easier way, but I would actually want them to hear my voice. I just think one caveat I would add on empathy and empathizing is by me empathizing with someone doesn't mean I'm going to take over their problem.
3: I'm not taking ownership of whatever it is. So my empathy is time related. Yeah, I think that this kind of dovetails on what we talked about a little bit last week is that how do you sit with somebody and not get overcome with their energies? You you sit in the energy and then you make a decision to to be present for it, but then detach from it and do do things to take take care of yourself.
1: I think as part of being an empathizer, knowing what they're going through, I think it's important for the person that's venting to them to understand that They went through it too. So there might be some dug up past emotions as well, talking with them about that problem, even though you've kind of worked through it yourself and that's why you're giving them that advice. And it's important for the listener also to comfort the empathizer as well. Like that's the whole point of empathy is to
0: relate to each other and support each other. It just occurs to me as you're speaking, Fallon, that I think what I would expect from someone empathizing with me would depend upon how close they were to me. Like Mm -hmm. what I would expect from my sister who has a, a certain personality and I know her really well would be very different from what I might expect from someone who I know less well and ha- might have a different personality. And interestingly, why I might expect tough love from my sister, because that's her personality, someone who I know less well, I might get more of that gooey feeling of, hey, I care about you.
2: I would agree with that, Robin. I think if you've got a close relationship with someone, you're going to give them more of yourself. You're going to make yourself more available. If it's not, it's, I would say to somebody, if you need me, call me after i've done what i can so i would make them where they've got an open communication to me but if it was a close friend of mine someone i really cared about i would really take the responsibility and take the initiative to keep calling them and keep them because i know what you're saying is right there's times you don't want to speak to somebody but there's also times when you need to speak to somebody even if it's just a very brief call to know there is somebody out there who is prepared to listen and will talk to you
3: so the other thing that came to mind when you mentioned that sometimes you might need tough love. Sometimes you might need somebody who's kind of got a more kind of gooey or nurturing approach. I wonder if we as human beings make conscious choices and who we choose to empathize with us, depending on what we feel we need. Do we feel we need tough love? Do I pick Kevin? If I feel I need something of a more nurturing approach, do I pick Fallon?
0: On quick hits recently, someone said, I think it might've been Dr. Cole Galloway. He said that what he's found really useful is if he says to someone I won't worry about you if you'll call me if you need me. And I think that that's a really good empathy way to say, I'm here, but I'm not going to come after Mm -hmm. you and and bother you, but I am here for you. So that is our 10 minutes. Sorry, Kevin, I'm going to have to cut us off there. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.